Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. What is your order to establish how good the wings are? I'm going to order 10 before I order any more. And the way to find out if they're good is to order 10. Me- medium. Oh, the answer's hot. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. There's more skill involved than creating the sauce with the medium because you're combining more of the butter with the hot sauce. Used hot. I mean, there's going to throw hot sauce in there. Jeremy White. I think the, the words that were just put together. What? There's more skill involved in a medium? Yes. A medium is the 40-yard dash, and the hot is the shuttle or the three-cone. Not WGR. Real ones, no. Sports Radio 550. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Jeremy White and Sal Capaccio. Sal's in for Joe today. Good morning, Sal. Morning, Jeremy. How are you? Good. It feels, I mean, we talk off the air plenty, but it feels like on the air, long time no talk. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, man, you know, ever since, I, it really goes back a couple of years when the Extra Point show started with Joe and I and me. Um, you know, I don't quite do these shows as much. Every once in a while it happens, but a lot of times it's because you're not here, so I'm in yeah, for you, so right. we don't get a chance to talk. So, you know, uh, not the other way around here. So it's good to talk to you. It's um it's it's good to be here, and you know, after a, a weekend where we had some snow and some blowing, uh, you know, it looks like it might be warming up a little bit this week. We had what baseball just started, uh, pitchers and catchers. So yeah. I'm feeling a little juicy uh, this week after after all that. High of 49 degrees tomorrow. Today it's in the 40s, and I'm looking at yeah. next week we're in the 60s. So we got you know sunshine and about 40 on the way today on uh, on this this Tuesday. So good, well, clear skies, and that'll be fun. Um, yeah, as you mentioned all that, like I'm thinking maybe I should take some time off, but Hey, whatever. It, oh. it, this is actually, you know, it's funny. It's like a time of year where we're in transition for the bills, especially, but it starts quick. I mean, today is the franchise tag window. Next week is the yep. combine. And then we're pretty much into the legal tampering period very shortly after that. And then on to free agency. So like, this is going to come fast and furious. And I also expect this to be a, let's tell my wife, you know, trying to, as we're trying to figure out when to take time off. Looking at April, I thought, well, April's draft month, and I, I feel like for the Bills this year, it's gonna be it's gonna be an intense month. I mean, we're gonna be locked in on a lot of different ideas, and I, I, I've said it before, Sal, in the last couple of weeks that I feel like this this year's draft for the Bills is the most important, interesting, whatever you want to throw on it in terms of how much people are paying attention. I think it's the biggest one since the Allen draft. People want to really, really see what the options are, what they can do, and think it's as important as any year given you know, their cap situation and the roster turnover. Well, I do think that we've said this before. Like last year, I think we said this a lot because they had so many free agents. 
But here's the difference. Um, last year, I mean, this year they have, they're going to have 10 picks. They don't have a 10th officially yet. That's going to be announced by the league uh, soon, you know, compensatory selections as you get closer to the draft. The Bills will have 10. So I think that over the last few years, because of the th- way that the season has ended, because of, you know, guys getting a little bit older here and there, we've had the same discussion. This is the most important draft. They have to find guys. They have to hit. And all of them are important. But with 10 picks this year and such a – they're higher than – they're over the cap, you know, projected to be more than they have been over the last several years. No doubt um, this is going to be a really important draft because it's really funny. I don't know when you um, – I think you were not on one day or you were, I don't know. Did, I don't know if you heard my interview with Evan Lazar of uh, Patriots.com. He covers the Patriots. It was really good. Last week we talked with Joe was off actually. And I, I really like, you know, how he broke it down the Patriots in their dynasty and like the different iterations is what he said. Like they went through a certain stage and they had to kind of replenish, went through another stage, had to replenish, went through another stage. And all the while they were winning, but they won in different ways. They won with different, um, kind of off seasons, they won with different players, different personnel. They always had Brady, of course. That's the the constant and Belichick. But I feel like that's what the Bills have to do a little bit here, which is to keep up to where they are, to try to beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are like this in a sense. Last year they were certainly like this. The Bills have to have a different version of themselves over the next several years than they did the last few years, and that's got to start to me with getting some younger talent and cheaper labor, if you want to call it that. And you've started your State of the Bills series at our website. Quarterback and running back already up. What's the schedule for the rest of the uh, you know the positions as we go? We're going to do wide receiver, get into that today. And, you know, I started on that. It's a, it's a longer group, obviously, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of questions. So digging into that a little bit more, and then we'll do, you know, tight ends, offensive line. We'll finish up the offense. We'll get to the defense later this week, early next week, when the combine starts as well with a lot going on. But, you know, I always start with quarterbacks, and I think I usually go with running backs next. But honestly, Jeremy, these were the, the two of the easiest positions to do for yep. me. Now, uh, basically, now there are, there are questions, but the, the biggest reason is because neither of them have a question at their starter. Now, running back has been a bit of a more of a question mark over the last few years. Is that, well, should they get somebody instead of Devin Singletary? And who do they have? And are they going to go out and get Derrick Henry? Are they going to go and, you know, draft somebody early? Things like that. We talked about these free agents, but... Not anymore to me. You guys had a great conversation yesterday about running back, so I don't want to necessarily have to rehash all that, no, but I thought it was great because it really fit into the what I was writing about with James Cook, which is, to me, he's clearly the number one running back on this team. Now, even if a fan out there says, well, I don't really like his style, which a few fans said, you know, for him to be a running back one, there is no doubt in my mind at all, Jeremy, that the Buffalo Bills are treating James Cook as running back one for the next couple of years. Yeah, he'll... He is very likely to lead the team in, in rushes this and touches from the running back position this upcoming season. And the kind of guy they get around, the guys they get in the room around him, it'll be interesting. You know, Sales, we get into this and we'll talk. We got plenty coming up today. We got Sabres head coach Don Granado at 8, Paul at 7.30. We'll talk about last night's or yesterday afternoon's Sabres game. So we've got some of that, but, you know, we just kind of found our way to the Bills real quickly. You know, looking at, at, at the first three positions on your state of the Bills, would quarterback and running back, would, would I be wrong to say, it feels like for me, that's a spot where a team in a cap crunch can help themselves. They can decide, we're going to keep that cheap. I mean, quarterback will be an interesting conversation on what to do, 
because there's merit to drafting one. Uh, of course, having that uncertainty at that spot and getting somebody you can count on that's played games before has value, but that mm-hmm. that started to get expensive. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was expensive for the Steelers, right? So if you're a team that's looking to save yep. money like the Bills, I think quarterback and running back are two spots where you really could save a lot of money if, in fact, you want to play it kind of cheap. And I think they almost have to do that, right? It's not even that, yeah, because here's the reason there. Um, Yeah, you want to play it cheap, but you have an ability to do that here. Like, if you take a look at the running back spot, and and this is also why I really kind of thought the two were very similar, which is you have your number one guy. Now, the the big difference is obviously you have Josh Allen. He's on this huge cap number. You can restructure that. That's the question. James Cook isn't. Jeremy, the, the Bills have a dream scenario with James Cook on a rookie contract and being fourth in the league in rushing, right? I mean, like, okay, great, let's go. Because the Bills don't want to spend a ton of assets on running backs. They don't want to spend big money on running backs. They don't have to, and they have a really good one, so that's nice. They have a franchise quarterback. That's nice. All right, the question is, what do you do behind them? You don't have to spend to have what really good teams have. <coughs> Excuse me. You can go to – you can basically have vet minimum deals for these guys. Now – Quarterback is a little trickier because of what you said. If you want to have a really solid backup who might have some options elsewhere, you're going to have to pay a little. I don't think the Bills need to do that. Necessarily, they want to do that. To me, the quarterback room is going to look like exactly what it looked like last year. Now, the name might change. Kyle Allen could be somebody else. It might be Kyle Allen. But you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be a veteran who's not going to cost any money and probably doesn't have a you know, a ton of skin in, in the game yet, but he's played a little bit, started maybe here and there, and then they're going to have Sam Buchel, and they already have him, and he's on a rookie contract, and he's only going into his fourth year, and he can be on the practice squad. I think it looks exactly like that, and I don't think the Bills have any interest in making it look any different. Now, that might mean a late-round draft pick. That's fine. Or that might mean someone just like Kyle Allen, but I can't see them spending any more than what it would pay a, a guy like that. Yeah. 803 our number. Plenty to get to on the Bills. Uh, with regard to the offseason, the franchise tag window opens today for guys like T. Higgins, maybe Legereus Sneed with the Chiefs, uh, basically anybody who's a free agent. We don't expect the Bills to be using their free agency, uh, their franchise tag. I mean, they have a long list of free agents, but there's not really anybody worth keeping on a one-year deal at top five salary. So, um, you know, the Bills have a lot of decisions to make, but franchise tag seems like an easy one. You know, Brandon Bean can go ahead and sleep in today. Not, not even, it's, it's also not the deadline today. It's the opening of the window. They have weeks to decide if they're going to do it. My guess is every player that is going to be franchise tagged has a pretty good idea as the teams can, you know, communicate with, with agents and all that. So that's today and uh, plenty to get to on the Bills. I've got I've got a wide receiver idea of the day, as you're going to post your wide receiver, uh, State of the Bills wide receiver group coming up today. Uh, have two people have wrote, written in a wide receiver idea, idea of the day about going way up in the draft, which, you know, we can talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got some trivia, stat of the day, all our good stuff. But we're going to get to a phone call here early uh, on the Sabres because Larry's called in. And, well, the Sabres played yesterday, Sal, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about their state of affairs as well with their uh, head coach coming up at 8 o'clock. So Larry in South Florida. Larry, good morning. You can, you can lead us off on the Sabres here. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, Sal. It's been a while since we chatted. So, Jeremy, as you know, we've, we talk a lot, and I've talked about um, Granado. I've talked about the GM. Uh, but yesterday was the absolute last straw for me. <laughs> like You lost to the Ducks for the second time, I think, 
2024, you know, once in Anaheim, now here. So I want to talk about the state of this team, starting with the GM, number one. So for me, you lost Quinn early in the summer, and you knew about it. But we did nothing. We did go get two defensemen, one past his prime, and then one that the Bruins gave up on. So that just that wasn't enough. We talked about that a lot. And then recently we lost Quinn, we lost Samuelson, and we lost um, power basically for the remainder of the year. I know there's a shot they might come back, but it, it, in essence it's you know, for the rest of the year. And there's been nothing done. So I know you got to have the right trade partner, but we have all this equity. We have all this young talent and nothing. And the thing that's the hardest part for me is we've had two number one overalls. We've had power, Darlene. Now we know Darlene is amazing and power looks like he's going to be a really solid NHL player, but the luck of the draft, of course, we don't have a shot at, um, you know, we don't get McDavid. We don't get Bernard. We don't get Austin Matthews. I mean, that's just the luck of the draw. I mean, nothing we can do about yep. that. Not the GM's fault, but we have those two guys. Where's it gotten us? Really nowhere. We have Eichel Reinhardt with number two overalls. Well, we trade Eichel. Two years later, he's hoisting the cup. We trade Reinhardt. Two years later, he's in the cup finals. But my favorite one is what happened with Ryan O'Reilly. He's a fantastic player. And after a short amount of time in Buffalo, the guy says he lost his love for hockey. We then trade him to St. Louis. Very next season, wins the cup. But the best part is he's the cup final MVP. So I think the trouble, even though I, I'm super thankful for the Pagoulas, for Keith signing, the, I mean, uh, buying the team and keeping them in Buffalo, what I'm not thankful for is what their hockey decisions have been and who is making the decisions. Because this team only in 13 years has had a small sniff at the playoffs, and that was last year. And with all the talent we have had in the NHL, when half the teams make it, how do you not get in the top eight in your conference at least once in 13 years? Gentlemen, I, I don't understand what it's going to take for them to pull the trigger, like how long it took to get rid of um, Kruger and then Housley. And I think it's more than a coach. I think it's the GM, it's a coach, and it's whoever is making the hockey decisions is where the big problem lies. So I'd love to get your thoughts. And I'd love to get T. Hickens. <laughs> I know we talked about it, but I know it's not going to happen. But, man, I'd love that. Thanks, Larry. A lot, lot there. On, on T. Higgins, we'll get to that a little bit later. He's likely to be franchise tagged. I was listening earlier to the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs do a podcast. And they, they were talking about wide receiver targets, who might land where. And I listened the whole time waiting to hear anybody to the Bills because, you know, it's going to be – a little bit of bargain shopping, and the name Darnell Mooney came out, and there's one other that I oh, – DJ Chark was the other one as an idea for the Bills. So if you're thinking receivers and free agency, you know, as we just went through the quarterbacks and running backs, you're going to have to go down to the, the bottom and get kind of cheap. On the Sabres, I, you know, Larry, there's, there's been a million opportunities to have it be the last straw. and I, I'm not the kind of person that makes a game where they obviously should have won by a lot as the last straw. I mean, they had colossal mistakes in their own zone. Eric Johnson, top of the list, and Lukanen probably should have made a couple saves. They dominated the game. They were the better team, and they lose. And unfortunately in hockey, Sal, you know how this works. 
when you're at the bottom of the standings and you have a game where you play like you should have won but don't, there's not really an excuse. I almost look like I almost look at it like yesterday's game was the uh, karma for the Minnesota game where they maybe did not deserve <laughs> to come out with a win, but they did. L- long like what's the big picture of yesterday? I don't know. It's just it's water under the bridge. I- I'm not more upset about yesterday. The thing I found most interesting about yesterday's loss was the post game. What Don Granado had to say, and we'll talk to him about it at eight o'clock when he ran through all the things that have gone wrong for them and how they are getting better in areas that they've targeted. So, okay, they they feel like they are getting better at areas that they've targeted, and the cost has been they don't score anymore. He said that's all going to come back. Granado believes that, they, that their fundamental, whatever, foundational stuff that they are putting in is going to make them better long-term, and that's a question I'm going to ask him today. Do you believe things are going in the right direction? Because... He laid out, we are better at X, Y, Z, and the thing we were great at before is going to come back because we know we can do that. We've seen these guys score. Everybody, just about everybody, is having a bad year scoring the puck. And I think Granado is of the belief that they are doing work foundationally and that it will turn around next year because you know I would imagine he's here next year. I'd imagine Kevin Adams is here next year if you're – Larry, if you're looking for big changes, I don't know who makes those changes because Kevin Adams is in charge of the hockey team, and I don't know if Terry Pagulas have of a mind to, to fire him. I don't think so. I think this operation is going to keep going, and that the people running it really truly believe this is a bad year, and that they will turn it around. Well, one of the questions Larry brought up was, or one of the ways he phrased it. He says, not Adams, it's not Granados, the people making hockey decisions. I, I don't have any th- reason to believe anybody other than them is making hockey decisions. I, I don't think that Terry Bagula is you know, telling them exactly who to sign, not to sign, and making hockey decisions. I mean, there's going to be a budget of some sort, right? But I don't think this team has operated at least the last year or so like they have this incredibly insane low budget. They've gone out and spent contracts on their players that they have faith in and believe in, and they're younger. And that's the way they've operated. And you could definitely argue, well, maybe they shouldn't have given Tage or Dylan Cousins or Matias Samuelson, especially with the injuries. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. No, th- that's a separate argument. But I, 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 I don't think, Larry, that like anybody other than them is making the hockey decisions. I think Kevin Adams has a lot of reign to do what he needs to do or feels like he needs to do for this team. Um, I'm not as sure as you, Jeremy, on that that. Don Granato is going to be behind the bench next year. Now, I don't think any change will come before the offseason. And I don't even know. I mean, I agree with you that it's probably less likely than more likely. But I do think that there's going to be an evaluation there, which when I hear Don Granato talk about that, I'm thinking, but will you be the guy that's going to be able to steer the ship when it does come back? As he says, it's going to come back. He is, as Joe has pointed out many times, you guys have. He is now the head coach of the Sabres longer than any of these other head coaches have been during the drought which is wild to me because I don't I don't view him as like some long-term coach. Maybe that's also an indictment and a statement on how much they've turned over coaches, obviously, you know, before him. Yeah, I, it, it reminds me a little bit, as you're sitting there and laying it out, Jeremy, it's funny, it reminds me a little bit of why can't the Bills throw deep and get explosive plays? That's who they've been. It's got to come back. You have Josh Allen. It's got to come back. The difference is obviously they've had some changeover in personnel, but not a ton. John Brown is gone. Cole Beasley's gone. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, you can have some guys in and out. They've done that. But it's the same thing it reminds me of, which is the Bills have 
a certain you know uh, identity that they've used to win a lot of games for a few years, and suddenly it's just vanished. And where is it? And it never came back last year. And it was actually to their detriment as they went down the stretch and they could have used it because obviously we saw in the playoffs that was something that held them back by not making a couple of those downfield plays. So I know it's not a one-for-one one example, yeah. but for him to say it's going to come back, it doesn't, it doesn't have to come back. Why is it? And I do think part of the reason it hasn't happened is because of the style that he has changed a bit, which he has openly talked about which is try to be a little bit more responsible in your de- your defensive zone. I get it. That's what coaches say. That's what you want to do, and you got to do that. These guys are highly skilled. They'll put seven pucks in the back of your net every night if you're not doing that. But it feels to me like something has to be tied in there with that particular approach and them not scoring as much. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do about Middlestad. I don't know what the Sabres should do about their long-term build, how much we are all shaken about what their core is, because a year ago at this time – things look to be definitely going in the right direction. And a lot of the good faith had been restored between the, the, the fans and the team, and a lot of that has been damaged this year. The, the, the thing I'd say about like hockey decisions, I would not even worry about who's making the hockey decisions. I'd worry about what caliber of decision they're able to make. And by that I mean, I don't think the Sabres are playing with a full deck in free agency, and I don't think they're playing with a full deck in the trade market. I don't think they're playing with a full deck when it comes to hiring coaches. I don't know that this organization has the credibility to get a guy like if Gerard Gallant or Bruce Boudreau was going to be available, would they take this job? You've got a free agent on the market. Why would he take the phone call here? You've seen like the, the point about Reinhardt and Eichel and O'Reilly and the guys that have left. To me, the, one of the bigger points is these guys are respected around the league, and if they are asked about this franchise, what do they say? You have it, It's not a secret. You know? You've got guys that have come here, whether it's Alex Tuck who grew up as a fan – or younger players that get drafted and signed, and you know they're treated well, so they haven't been through a lot of the losing. They don't feel horrible about this place, but if you are a player and entering free agency, and you know any one of those three or four or five, add more names to the list, and you say, so what? What do you think about Buffalo? What's the operation up there? They might not have bad things to say about the city or the fans, but the organization. I mean, I, I think that they've done incredible damage to the reputation of the organization. And overcoming that is going to take winning. Last year they did a lot for that just to get competitive, but I don't. There's a free agent on the market. I don't think you can get him. Nameless, faceless free agents. Look who they signed: Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson. You could say that they did that because they identified these guys as bottom six. Those might be the only calls they were able to get. Who's who's in free agency? A young, exciting player that's going to sign here long term. If you wanted to trade for Jacob Chikrin and he's got a no-trade clause, is he going to tell you to buzz off? Timo Meyer, right? The Devils traded for him and signed him. If you traded for him, would he have signed? There's plenty of reason to wonder if the Buffalo Sabres are operating on the same level as all these other teams. It's, It's almost like a team that has financial restrictions placed on them by a league for breaking the rules, right? Say, like, you have a certain number of of scholarships that you could have because your team broke rules and you just don't have the same freedom that you used to have. So to me, that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. If they keep signing no free agents and trades aren't made with guys with no trade clauses, to me, that's writing on the wall to say you can't compete with other teams to get these players. Sabres and NCAA sanctions. That's where we are right now. Right. So yeah, right. No, it's a great, it's a great comparison. Well, this is, and 
I know I'm going to sound like old man yelling at clouds. I get it because, like, come on, no, the players should have this freedom. But it's one of the reasons I hate all the no-movement clause and no-trade clauses that are allowed in this league for all these guys that sign. Okay, well, five teams, and you put these lists together. It also is chicken and egg, Jeremy, because while all you say is is right and probably correct, they're also not good. So anytime you have a chance to get a player, like, why would I go there? They're not going to be winning. I want a chance to win something, right? So there's it's a non-starter even yeah. because these players, it's not even necessarily going to an organization where they may have heard that it's not great to be at. Maybe they've heard it's a great organization, but why would I go to that team and that's right there in the standings? No, my no-movement clause, my no-trade clause, I'm not putting them on my list of teams that I'm allowed to go to. So it is a really, really tough, tough cycle, which is why, by the way, Back in 2013 and 14, the team did what they did to get to the bottom because remember what the talk was. If you can't trade for him, you can't sign him. What do you do? You draft him, yeah. and they have to come here. Yep. And that's why they did what they did. And I have no interest in doing anything like that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, people have prospect fatigue, so it, it would, it'd be tough. 803-0550. Thanks, Larry. That's our, our phone number. Eight zero three zero five fifty. You know, you want on the Sabres, you can give us a ring. We'll talk plenty of Sabres today. We'll pl- talk plenty of Bills. We've got Don Granado coming up at 8 o'clock. Paul Hamilton at 7.30. Wide receiver idea of the day. Bills-related trivia. State of, the, state of the team. Quarterback, running back. Some wide receiver juicy rumors out there. Brandon Ayuk's trade apparently getting uh, more and more juice. So maybe he gets moved. Plenty to get to on this uh, Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us. Joe's out today. Sal Capaccio is in with me, Jeremy White, Josh Schmidt, producing. Fire a phone call our way. What do you like about you know quarterback, receiver, running back for the Bills in this offseason? And uh, if you want to share your thought on the Sabres, we'll have it. I feel like we've we've very much crossed this, the, the, the space of screaming about them just to kind of sit here and say, like, you know, it is it is what it is. And <laughs> multiple times I've come in and said, like, anybody got any ideas on, on what to do? Trade deadline, the next uh, the next big date, I guess. You can join us, 803-0550 on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Penalty coming up to Anaheim. Delay call. Yoki Haru shot scores. Zach Benson.
Number nine with the deflection ties the game at three. One of your Firth moments of the game for the moments in life go forth to Firth. Sabres fall to the Ducks, 4-3. to That game at 12.30 afternoon faceoff, they were up early in total control of the game and somehow found themselves down and lost to the Ducks. So swept by the Ducks on the season. And meanwhile, in the NHL standings, Detroit did win. So um, if anybody is you know holding out hope, looking at the standings, looking at wildcard standings, it got even bleaker where the eighth-place team is 64 points, and here the Sabres had 52, 12 points back with 27 to play. Jeremy White, Sal Capaccio, sells in for Joe today. Good morning. You can give us a call on the Sabres if you'd like. We've got some Bills and NFL stuff coming up as well. And, uh, yeah, we're just hanging out on a Tuesday. You can join us if you'd like to. So, Sal's got a piece up on our website, State of the Running Back, also up at State of the Quarterback, and today – so as far as I'm concerned, today's the big one, wide receiver. Let's go. You know, <laughs> you know I'm I'm locked in for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are more locked in on what the future holds. And now obviously this is more about what is currently on the roster, what yeah. they have to do with the current players, who's under contract, who isn't. But yes, there's the overall point of how you need to attack it. So uh just a bit of a preview here. Let's talk about it here and we can get more into it. But under contract, the Bills have Actually, four, five, six, seven, eight wide receivers. Four of them were on the practice squad last year. Isabella, Tyrell Shavers, Brian Thompson, and K.J. Hamler. Actually, he wasn't on the practice squad. They signed him to a reserve contract, which, by the way, Jeremy, is a sneaky move. This is a, a, bit, a bit of a – let me tell you why I think this is a clue, K.J. Hamler, in a second. But then you have Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, and Justin Shorter under contract. The guys whose contracts are expiring, Gabe Davis and Trent Sherfield. Two guys I want to talk about real quick. Number one. K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler was a second-round pick of the Denver Broncos just a few years ago. It didn't work out in Denver. He went somewhere else. I can't remember. i got to look. It didn't work out there. It just hasn't hit. He's been hurt the a bills lot. At the, yeah, the Bills at the end of the year, they just suddenly one day, K.J. Hamler has signed a future reserves contract. That name, I'm like, wait a minute. That's crazy. A guy like that you don't normally see three years after being drafted in the second round signing a futures contract. Obviously, he's trying to get back in the league, show he's healthy. But to me, it's a clue for the Bills that they are going to turn over whatever stone they can to find guys, like you said, you know, it's got, you got to go down the barrel a little bit. You cannot pay a lot of money here. And to try to find guys who maybe might be able to hit, who have explosiveness, who have speed, who they're not going to have to spend a lot of assets for. I think you're going to get a bit of that this year. I think K.J. Hamler is the first one. Whoever the other ones are, I don't know. But I think that's what you get. It was a bit of Deontay Hardy last year, although they probably paid him a little bit more than people would expect if you look at that contract. But I think you're going to see that. I think that was the first clue that they're going to try and do that. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talked about explosive plays and player acquisition. And I think that's number one. Number two, we've talked a lot about this guy, but did you see Gabe Davis's Instagram post? No, no, I did not. It's just a, a lot of really cool highlights and memories of him being in Buffalo. That's the best way I can describe it. It looks like a goodbye. It does not say I'm leaving. It does not say I'm staying. But I think anybody who watches that gets the feeling of he's basically thanking people for his time here. Yeah. And he didn't say goodbye. Nothing like that. But it's a it's it's really good. It's it's nice. I watched it. Um and you know, it's really cool. A lot of great memories and highlights, but it's one of those things that it, you know. <clears throat> It reminded me of a tribute video yeah. that you give a player when he comes back to your team for a night or a game or something. But it's a little bit longer than that, of course. It's quite a bit longer than that. 
But I think a lot of people are feeling like he is basically saying goodbye. I don't think it has to be that way. I think maybe this is what people do sometimes, not knowing what their situation might be. Yeah. 803-0550. Davis has the highest snap count of any Bills free agent that's set to leave. He's their biggest piece in some ways that's going to leave. And that's with Micah Hyde, who's also high up on the list. 803-0550. Uh, plenty of Bills chatter coming up. we got some calls on the Sabres, though, so let's, let's you know burn through a couple here. Jason in Lockport. Jason, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How you doing? Very good. Yeah, I think the Sabres need a new head coach and a new GM. We're getting rid of everybody, and, and as soon as we get rid of them, they're winning cups. Jack Eichel, uh, Sam Reinhardt, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I don't know. I I don't have much faith that they're going to hire, fire a GM, fire the coach. The coach's extension has not started yet. That's worth pointing out. And, you know, I'm not one to sit here and fret at the idea of firing coaches too quickly. I mean, Don Granato is the sixth longest tenured coach in the NHL. And Kevin Adams has been the GM for quite some time. He was the GM for Kruger's first year. So, you know, I, 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 these guys have definitely had enough time to turn things around. But the question is, are they about to change course? I just don't even know who would make that decision. I don't, I don't even think that the owner would do that. You know, if you had a president of hockey ops, that's who normally would fire a GM. And the GM would fire a coach. And I've got plenty of indications that the players are very high on the coach. And again, this kind of gets to let's make a comparison here, Sal. Right or wrong, some people want Sean McDermott fired, right? If they were to fire Sean McDermott, I don't have any doubt they could get one of the best coaches on the market. They could go big fishing for a head coach if they fired Sean McDermott because. They're a franchise that wins. They have a healthy fan base. They have a franchise quarterback. They have there's there's no longer I don't think any sort of oh you don't want to play for the Buffalo Bills. I don't think that exists anymore. Whereas before the coaches they would have hired would have been you know all due respect Chan Gailey, Dick Gerano, a bunch of retreads. If they wanted Ben Johnson in this offseason cycle, I think they might get him. The Sabres are on the other end of the spectrum. I don't. If you fire Don Granado, look at the last few coaches the Sabres have hired. They went from Dan Bylsma, former Cup winner who you know hasn't coached since, to Phil Housley, an assistant that played for them, and then it's Ralph Kruger, a man outside of the, the world of hockey, to take another crack at it, and then it's a guy that was on Ralph's staff. They didn't go out and look for. They didn't have a coaching search. Don got the job on an interim basis and then earned the job on a full-time basis. I don't think there's any reason to think that they would go out and have a phone call or have dinner with Gerard Gallant and Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, the other names are out there. Jay Woodcroft. Like, I, I just don't think they have the chops to pull those guys down, and other teams would, would – those coaches would just wait for another job. And same is true of GM or president of hockey ops. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith that they could even pull anybody that they wanted to. So with that in mind, I mean, you might want to fire the coach or the GM, but if ownership knows – they can't get in a room with some of the bigger, more credible people. I wouldn't expect to change. Well, first of all, I think Jason was using his call a friend line when he called the WGR <laughs> studios here. Somebody was in the background giving him the Ryan O'Reilly. It's all right, Jason. It's early in the morning. No, no big deal there. Um, if the now we have a clue on how it works in Buffalo, and this is how it works. Um, we know how it works in Buffalo because of something Brandon Bean said, actually. But this is how it works pretty much everywhere. But we know this now because Brandon Bean was basically asked at the end of the Bills season, like, if there was ever going to be some sort of coaching change, how would that work? And Brandon Bean said, 
I report to Terry Pagula and Sean McDermott reports to Terry Pagula separately. If there's ever anything like that, like Terry Pagula would make that call. That's what happens. Is the, the GM is not going to fire the coach here. Kevin Adams isn't firing Don Granado. He may, in some capacity, have to be involved. I wouldn't doubt that. There's a conversation always, but ownership makes the call. But that's not unique. That's the way it works in almost everywhere. You're right, Jeremy, though. The difference here is they don't have a president of hockey operations. And people... Uh, hey, I'll be one to tell you, go do it, right? You have never done it. Maybe you need someone who does something like that. But that's how it works in Buffalo and pretty much everywhere. The owner makes the call. The GM doesn't wind up doing that. And I don't believe, and I agree with you, that right now it's not seeming like it's something that ownership wants to do here considering you know all the changes they've been through, the fact that they have a new stadium coming in football and all the other things that are happening on both sides here. Um, if the Sabres were to do it, though, let's go back to what you just said. You're right. Paul has said this, and he's right. If Don Granato got fired today, you know who the new head coach is? Seth it's going to be Seth Appert. Yep. I mean, it, it, I don't know if he gets the job full-time, but I don't know if anybody else, unless, what, are you prying Rod Brindamore away? That's the only name I can keep th- coming up with that maybe you can get that guy because of his relationship with Kevin Adams, but you're right. After everything you just said and the names you laid out, the next one would be Seth Appert. That's yeah. what's going to happen, basically. And it's worth pointing out, like, I, I think back to this, somebody actually wrote in that this reminds me of the time in the Bills drought where, they overpaid for Mario Williams. And <laughs> so I'll self-report here, Sal, something I was very wrong about. When Mario Williams was a free agent, I said, I think the Bills have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than they do signing Mario Williams. And the reason was, I couldn't even have ever imagined that the top free agent would come to the Buffalo Bills. Now, he did. Money is money, and he did, and he was a very good player. So it's worth pointing out that we could be wrong about all this, and the Sabres could just impress somebody and sign a big free agent or make a splash. But the the parallel to me is very clear. That's where I feel like the Sabres are, where I don't think there's any chance they could sign the best free agent on the market. And I don't think there's any chance that the player that wants, like the Jack Eichel that wants to be traded and wants to go somewhere and start, start anew, I don't think there's any chance that player would come to the Buffalo Sabres. So, you know, it's just you kind of aren't dealing with the full deck. You've got to draft and develop. But you also have to make cagey trades, and that's tough to do when you might not have all the trade partners to operate with. It's just a tough spot. They're just in a, the reality is I think they're in a really tough spot. And this season was yeah. the season to kind of finish the job of just getting out of the grave, and it looks like they've fallen further back in. Just to touch on one more thing from Jason, Sam Reinhardt has not won a cup yet. Maybe he does this year. He is having a heck of a season. The holy cow, Jeremy. Yeah, he's about to second score, in the league gonna, overall in goals. He's going to score fifty. He's lead, Do you know what? Do you know what the power play goal like? The league leaders are in power play goals. Do you have you looked at this at all? I'm pretty sure he has more power play goals than the Sabers, or or he, at least he did last week or two weeks ago. He has. He is running away with the power play goal like scoring title, if that's a thing you want to call it. 22. The next closest is Austin Matthews with 14. Yeah. He has like a third more of the goals essentially. More than that. Yeah. Mark and Kenmore, quick before the break. Hey, Mark. <coughs> Mark Hello? Go ahead, Mark. You're on. Oh, yes. Hi. Um, I firmly, you sort of echo my sentiments of 100%. I do believe Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sab- um, Sabres really could only constitute their team now only through the draft. Trades are hardly an option anymore. It's dried up in the NHL. And the other thing, too, is that I think that um, – I don't think Pagula's shackling him. I just think it's the NHL. And, of course, free agency has been a dud. You have to go back to the Regeer days when the Sabres last really succeeded with some pretty good free agents. 
But um, the fact is, the Sabres remind me right now of the Pittsburgh Pirates in baseball. Though there's a no salary cap in baseball, nobody gives them the time of day. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. The landscape of the NHL is a fair point, too. I mean, it's one of the reasons the Sabres signed a bunch of guys to seven-year deals. The whole league has kind of locked down. The secret's out. Get your players signed early in their primes. And the free agency class tends to be guys that are 28 and older. And if you are a team like the Sabres, you're rarely gunning for those guys because you're just trying to get good again. So those guys end up going to, uh, you know, contenders. Try to win if they were stuck on some losing team. I think the landscape of the NHL point is is fair. Um, it doesn't explain everything for the Sabres. And, you know, the, the Sabres have earned their their spot in the NHL and what, what players and coaches out there might think of them. 803-0550. When we get back, I have instant trivia. We'll see how, how good Sal is on his Bills trivia. I mean, you're going to like it. All right. You're going to like this okay. one. It's timely for today. Bills trivia for instant trivia. And uh, Don Granado, 8 o'clock. Paul Hamilton, 7.30. We'll recap the game against the Ducks. Another uh, rough one. They played pretty great and uh, didn't go well because of some colossal OMG mistakes in their own end. Real bad. All right, Jeremy and Sal here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for Instant Trivia. Our contestant today, Mr. Sal Capaccio. Instant Trivia brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. All right, Sal. Today is the uh, opening of the franchise tag window. Teams mm-hmm. can place the franchise tag on players. The Bills have used the franchise tag five times in franchise history. Do you know, can you name the five players to have received the franchise tag from the Buffalo Bills? Yes, I know for sure they did it on Jarris Bird. That's the first name that comes to mind. 2013, a three-time Pro Bowler, Bird. $6.9 million on the tag in 2013. I also know that now fellow media member who is uh, doing a lot of cool stuff we've had on the air, and I've met him a few times out and about, is the first time they ever used it, offensive lineman John Fina. 1996, correct. I also know that they used it and then traded this player. Wide receiver, Peerless Price. 2003. How about this? Do you know what the franchise tag was for Peerless Price in 2002? Wide receiver franchise tag in 2002 was five million. Hold on. Oh, sorry, I already said. I was going to say six. That's right. I was going to say six. Okay. Five million dollars on the franchise tag. Wow. (laughs) Price of inflation is crazy, man. That's right. Two more. Two more. Wide receiver in this economy. All right. Here we go. Um, The last time they used it, I believe it was Cordy Glenn. I don't think they have one since then, but I know they used it on Cordy Glenn. So I'm going to say Cordy Glenn. He was uh, tagged and never played on the tag. They agreed to an extension. Yes, Cordy Glenn. And one more. Okay, one more, one more, one more. So, but, but let me ask you this. 
Cordy Glenn was the last one, right? There wasn't one since him. Correct. 2016 Cordy Glenn. Wow. You've got Bird, Glenn, Price, and Fina, and you're missing just one. Oh, man. I, I don't want to get to hint territory yet. Okay. Because I got to figure this out. I got to know this player. I got to know who this is. Did he play a long time in Buffalo? I don't know. Give me give me something that's not going to really give it away. Okay. He played on the franchise tag for one year and then left, signing an eight-year deal with another team, which made him the highest-paid defender in football at the time. Defender. Okay, defender. Highest-paid defender in football. It wasn't, it wasn't a D lineman. It wasn't a linebacker. I got Bird at safety. I got... It, Nate Clements. Correct. Nate Clements, $5.9 million in 2006. He left the following season, went to San Francisco, became the highest paid defender in football. Both, All right. There you go. I, okay, now here's my question. I'm wondering as you're asking me this. I don't know this. Has every team used the tag since the Bills last used it? Like, when's the hmm. last time every team used the tag? I want to look that up because 2016, that's quite a while ago, seven years. Yeah. That's a good question. The, how many how many teams have used it since? Has every team done it since? I can look, that, look I, that up. You know what, Josh? <laughs> you want something to do? Not that he's, Josh is busy as it is, but if anybody wants to do that work. I'll look it up here. All right. Also, a fun question would be, who's the next, if you were to place a bet, the next mm-hmm. Bills player most likely to be franchise tagged? Who would it be? I mean, Rousseau is a okay. good answer, right? Defense. Well, you have two more years for that, yep. so yep. that's that, right. That, Is there anybody that, before that's true. that that would come up? Uh, Kincaid. Uh, it's a long time away. I'm, I'm. What I'm doing is I'm thinking positions where. Oh, oh, I, you, I, I, I think I have it. Believe it or not, I know, I know. Even though I'm the one to tell you, they don't spend here. It's so low, though. You could definitely do it with James Cook if you want to keep him. Uh, around. All right, right. Ten million dollars, James Cook. That's a good answer. Now that is two more years, also just like yep. Greg Rousseau, but Greg Rousseau's tag number is going to be like thirty million by then, yeah. basically because of the, um, yeah. Well, it's should, what, he his fifth year option is already what thirteen something like that. So I guess like over twenty million. James Cook, because of running back market, won't be to me. That might be someone, even though they don't spend there, that might be very able to do that yeah. because of the finances at that position. Yeah, there you go. Instant trivia. When we get back, we'll kick in. Do you want to call about the Sabres? Give us a thought. That's fine. Paul's going to come up at 7.30 on the Sabres and Don Granato at 8. I want to get to Sal on the wide receiver. He's got a state of wide receiver coming out. I want to dig a little deeper into that and talk about just what the Bills can do to attack this position. Uh, Darnell Mooney, DJ Chark, uh, you know, those are the free agent ideas and free agency. It really, uh, I'm kind of torn right now on, on the Bills, Sal, because I'm seeing national people fade them a bit, and I don't really get the feeling that there's any reason to expect the Bills to have a season any different than they have the last two, three, four years. So I'll ask you about that. 803-0550, to join us here on a Tuesday morning. Jeremy and Sal's in for Joe on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.